and welcome to Best Girl Grip, the podcast that celebrates the women behind the scenes of the British film industry. I'm your host, Nicole Davis. Hello, pod pals. Uh, It's me, Nicole, and I'm very happy to be back with another episode this week. I'm quite sleepy at the moment because I binge-watched season two of Sex Education on Netflix last night and have also just eaten a big bowl of gnocchi. So if I sound less enthusiastic than normal, let it be known it is not because of my guest. In fact, I'm very delighted to say that this week I'm joined by Emily Leveniers Farouche, an award-winning French composer based in London, whose CV includes commissions for the V&A Museum, an HBO short film, as well as drama and documentaries for BBC Radio 4 and The Guardian. She's also composed the film scores for the romantic drama Only You, which is currently available on Netflix, and the upcoming film Rocks, which will be released into UK cinemas on the 10th of April. It was a really eye-opening discussion in terms of hearing about all the different layers that go into a composition, from conceptual to intellectual to technical, and Emily makes some really interesting points about why women composers aren't getting equal opportunities, and also how this might be remedied. We also talk about the experience of hearing her work on the big screen and the difficulty of finding studio space to record in. It's worth mentioning that we were recording at the BFI Southbank and towards the end you can uh, hear rehearsals for a screening accompanied by a live score which I thought was actually quite serendipitous. Emily is also an artist on Spotify so I implore you to go and listen to her music after you've heard our interview. This is episode 42 of Best Girl Grip. So I moved to the UK to study at Westminster University. I did uh, my bachelor degrees there. And then I did a master in composition at Goldsmiths straight after my BA. Mm. So that's how I got started with thinking about music as a career. Because when I was a teenager, it was just like something I was doing for, for, for fun. But it never really I never really thought I could make a, mm. a career out of playing the piano or composing music. So it, I waited until I moved to the UK to really take that seriously. And how did you discover that composition was even a degree that you could take? That's interesting because when I moved to the UK, I was studying music more with thinking about working in the music industry. And that's when I was there, there were so many, because Westminster has a film school. Right. A lot of my friends were filmmakers. Uh Then they did music for their short film and then it suddenly clicked that yes there was someone making all that beautiful music I'd been listening to since a child and that someone could potentially be me and that kind of made me really look into becoming a a film composer but yeah it took a a very long time for for the realization to happen that it was an actual career. And did you have quite a creative like childhood or background did it feel like that was something that you were kind of leading towards? Uh, my family is not musical or creative professionally. They're all pretty normal uh, career path. So, I mean, it was not. It was encouraged to, to play an instrument or to read a lot or to you know go to the cinema, go and listen to music. But I think there's a, there's a it's a big jump from from being creative as a child to to consider it a possibility to make it your life. But yeah, I mean, I played the piano during my whole, while I was growing up. So yeah, I always was playing. I was writing little things and uh, trying to record music on my old PC and things like that. So yeah, there was always a, a part of me that, that loved doing that for sure. 
and you just mentioned that you were composing scores for friends short films and did that come quite naturally to you yeah i think yeah it was pretty it was pretty straightforward because short films are quite a digestible amount of music to write yeah it's yeah it didn't feel very very complicated but that's what i mean like i think i've always liked scores i've always you know reacted to score i remember just being having very strong reaction to schools like remember going to see Lord of the Rings in cinema and mm-hmm. just the score, which is not something I would personally write now, but just as a child, just being so overwhelmed by by that music. So I think without realizing it, I already had an understanding of what a score was, what it was doing, what it was how important it was in the film. So it just came pretty easily. Did you get work quite quickly off the back of that? as a composer or were they kind of in between jobs? It's a tricky one because I do film scores but I also do different type of music. Mm. There was moments where I wasn't doing film scores but I was doing collaboration with visual artists. I was releasing, I I am still releasing my own music and performing, like I did a a piece for the proms and, and then it kind of moved back into film school. So even when I wasn't working on film project, I was always working as a composer. I also had a job in the music industry when I was starting out just to like parent and stuff. And I worked in a in a record store for a few years, which was actually great because mm. you get to listen to a lot of various music, different music. And it's a really good education, I think. And is that quite normal uh, for composers to sort of straddle both music and film and to sort of still be releasing their own music or to to be composing in the music world as well as the film world? I think there's two different approaches. There's definitely, definitely a lot of film composers who come from an artist background, you know, from Trent Reznor, Mika Levy, even Ilda. Like, she released music for years um, at the same time as making film schools. Even um, Danny Elfman, I think, was in a band for, you know, before becoming a big film composer. So it's, fa- yeah, it's fairly normal. But you also have people who go through a trajectory of um, more like assisting established composers and go more to, to like, um, yeah, traditional, very much film music orientated path. So it's it's quite flexible the way you get mm. there. For me, it was the it was creating my own music. Yeah, and did you assist anyone, or did you have anyone that you kind of looked up to uh, as a mentor? Didn't no, I didn't have a one person mm. to be fair. But you do pick up. I think you just have to be. If, if you don't have a mentor, you just have to be to pay attention to all the people you work with, because especially at the beginning, you're probably going to be able to pick little things and learn little things from pretty much all your collaborators. So. I mean, let's kind of do a deep dive into the composition process yes. because I think it's something that is shrouded in mystery if you don't know what it is yes. or, or how it even begins. So, uh, like, yeah, let's go from the beginning. Are you mm-hmm. getting the rushes or, uh, as early as that or are you getting kind of like the final cut of the film and is the director giving you quite a specific brief or are they sort of saying, here's the film, compose the score? It varies from project to project. There's no, there's no one way to to start there are situations where I'm going to be sent a script and they're not even filmed anything yet there's also some moments where you're going to have a locked picture in six weeks and you know have to do everything pretty fast uh, in terms of brief it really depends on the on the director whether sometimes they're really curious of 
of how you're reacting to that movie and what as a musician how you how the story resonates with you and what you come up with and then we use that as a kind of starting point to the musical conversation but sometimes they already have thought about the music quite a lot and they already have a plan in place and they know what style of music they want for their film and that's the starting point so yeah there is a form of brief but it's not necessarily musical terms mm. sometimes it's more about helping you to understand the film personally i need to become quite familiar with the film i it sounds maybe a bit like hippie-ish but i need to i need to feel the film like i need to have either from the angle of one character or from what it's trying to say or from one element of the narrative i need to have like an emotional connection with one element mm. of the film that becomes quite I need to feel it quite strongly just as a starting point for all the kind of melody and yeah the things that are going to communicate emotion I need to feel that emotion mm. if I'm going to be able to write music that says those things then there's also the intellectual layer of composition when you start really thinking about the function of the score um so what you know the score can help with being set where the action is taking place geographically or in terms of time periods so that's yeah that's the more strategic the more intellectual part of scoring films and you have to think about that with the director and come up with a kind of strategy on how you're going to use all that emotional element of the music on a more like intellectual aspect of the score and then once you have worked out all those elements you you start writing music and you start having a dialogue with the director into what's working, what doesn't really resonate with um, what they don't think is helping the film or you know or pushing the film somewhere else. Once you have the music written then there's a kind of more uh, technical aspect so you have to record everything, you have to mix everything and you have to make sure that there is a score that sounds great that's uh, ready for the final mix. Mm. For instance when you're given a script and you're reading through it or you're yeah. you're watching the film for the first time and you're having those kind of emotional reactions and beats can you can you already envision the music in your head do you do you hear it or how do you approach it or is it kind of you let it you know sink in and then you go away and write. Yeah, let it sink in for a bit. I mean, sometimes on some projects you have to work a little bit harder to make a, a connection. It's not mm. necessarily like it's not necessarily immediate. I think if you if you have a little bit of empathy, you'll always find an element of the story, even if it's something you've not personally experienced. There'll always be an element in the story or in the film that you can understand on a on a personal level, even like on a sci-fi or anything mm. like that. It, you've never been to Mars but you can understand the kind of human impact of this type of situation then i move away from the film and i tend to go to the piano even if the piano is not going to make its way to the final score mm -hmm. it, it it's for me it's like the the more natural tool to to write melodies to write music because it's sort of the thing you're most comfortable yeah, with yeah because i've been playing it for more than 20 years yeah. so it's kind of Second, yeah, like mother second tongue, language. Language. yeah, second language, yeah. exactly. And um, do you play any other instruments as well? Not well. <laughs> <laughs> you do end up having to be able to make noises with other instruments because there are quite a few years when you start where you're a one man, one woman band, and you right, have to right. do everything. 
So if you are able to make a little bit of sound with other instrument mm-hmm. than just the piano, it's always good. And now you have kind of other sources that you yes. sort of bands and yeah. moving to um, having live musicians. And how do you get jobs? Do you have an agent or before you had an agent? How are you getting your kind of self out there saying, you know, I can do this? Well, now I have an agent, which is is great. <laughs> but before that, it's just, yeah, it's through relationships. It takes, for me, it took quite a bit of time, but it's just by finding your people. In a sense, it's people who have the same understanding of what film means and the same kind of taste in film and sometimes you meet them when they've not done anything yet but mm-hmm. then their career kind of goes up and your career kind of goes up and and eventually you find a reason to work together but I think yeah, it's really important to when you're starting out you know to just work with students and stay in touch with people not not necessarily people who are your friends but people who you can sense have the same understanding of what film is then yourself just stay in touch with them and eventually you know you get to work together and let's talk about only you um yes. which is kind of one of the was it the first feature that you composed a score on in the uk done, yes in the but UK. I've, I've done i've done other micro budget okay projects before yeah i've seen it quite a few times um, <laughs> and i really really love it uh i spoke to harry for this podcast actually but yeah let's sort of talk through because it, it from my memory it comes uh in quite late yeah uh and and those kind of more like raw intimate moments between yeah. that couple are sort of you know played very candidly there's kind of nothing going on mm-hmm. beyond the dialogue and that interaction and then it the score kind of comes in when that becomes a bit more fraught and you sort of feel the kind of yeah. the tension or the fracturing of the relationship and I'm wondering if that was that was the goal to kind of convey that sense of unease around the relationship. Yeah, I think the, the the first half of the film, when when they meet and everything, it felt better to to have many songs or and then to have the score. Yeah, coming when when they start being a bit more into their their own head, when it becomes a little bit more introspective. Then even even in the and even in the placement of the of the cues, like it always we always try to not be force feeding the audience any kind of emotion like even in one of the later later scene there's a little bit of a beat before the music comes in even though you would expect it to, to come much earlier because yeah we were we were I think it was very important to not manufacture any emotions but to let the audience first feel something in response to what's happening on screen and then then have the music accompany that emotion mm. rather than yeah, than trying to create it. If a film works, even without music, people are still going to connect with what's going mm. on on screen. It's it's just to add a little layer, in a sense, or like to deepen what's already there. I don't really think at the beginning there would be any specific moment where score would have helped making it more more idyllic, making it more of a... depicting the beginning of a love affair more than it was already... Everything was already on screens. Well, it's interesting what you said about interiority, and I wonder, do you think a score kind of facilitates or helps kind of um, communicate that better than soundtrack does? I think it depends. It really depends. Um, in the case of Only You, it's also because a lot of it, those those moments, the moments where there's the biggest cues are montages, and the advantage of a score is it's tailor-made for what's on screen. Mm. rather than having to work the other way around where you kind of if you if you're using pre-existing music you're going to have to edit to that music which sometimes it's good but 
I do also think it's probably it, it can be better to just make an edit that really works that's really tight on itself and then have a music that's composed to work with that yeah and in only you I think yeah it would have been very difficult to find a track that just matches this the evolution of emotion through those montage moments it sounded to me like quite a restrained palette of um instruments and I'm wondering if that is in fact the case and if so how you went about your selection did it as you mentioned start with piano and then how did you build it from there yeah, it is, it is very, very restrained and very intimate. Even, I would think, in the style of composition, it's intimate because we are looking at two people. So, I don't know, it would have, it would have been so weird to have, like... I know it can work sometimes, but on this specific film, it would have felt a bit strange to have, like, a big orchestral score. And I think it would have taken us away from the intimacy and the how easy it is to relate to the two characters. Harry already really liked the cello and the piano. I like mm. using the cello in general because it is an instrument that in its frequency range is very similar to the human voice. Mm. So we do tend to respond really well to it because it's quite familiar to us. So that was a, that was uh, one of the reasons why, why I wanted to do cello. And-, and do you ever look outside of kind of instrumental sort of ingredient list like are there other sounds that you like bring in or that you like to use you can you do you experiment much with that on this score um which i just did a little bit of um effects on the cello so it wasn't just you know normal classical mm. cello on other scores yes i do experiment quite quite a lot but especially on films like something like rocks like there is piano on the score but it's quite heavily treated because mm. It felt quite important that the score felt modern, which is, you know, using electronic element in the film score is always a good way to to make it a little bit fresher mm. and more contemporary. But so, yes, there's I, I use synthesizers, I use uh, electronic manipulation of acoustic instruments. If it's what is needed for the film, you do have to to find a sound palette that works for the film and for for what you're trying to say, yeah. And who's the first person that listens to the score that you've composed? Is it the director or do you have other people that you use as a sounding board to say, you know, is this right? Or are you you quite good at trusting your instinct? Yeah, I I would send it straight to the director. I'm not... I trust myself and I trust them. Mm. (laughs) I absolutely trust the director because they have a much better knowledge of the film than I have been working with on it for months so they have very intimate knowledge of the project and is it quite collaborative or is it can it be quite a lonely profession and you know you're you're delivering it sometimes by yourself Mm, yeah it's well on the day-to-day basis it is mainly working on your own and then you do have you do have reviews time with um, the team the bigger the projects are becoming the more it's becoming a collaborative process which is really cool because on, on larger you know, there's there's a lot of years where you're going to be yeah doing everything yourself, but on larger projects you you are going to bring a team of people on board, orchestrators, musicians, assistant, and and then it's a bit less lonely. And are you quite good with that, or you know? Oh, you have to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're doomed. Uh, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, I don't think I could be doing anything else in the sense that I could technically be doing <laughs> something else, but very happy doing it and if you're going to spend hours every day doing something you better be enjoying it and I do enjoy it so yeah for me it's fine 
Um, and let's come back to Rocks because that's coming mm-hmm. out in cinemas uh, this April. Yes. And I'm quite interested whether because with with a score sometimes you do notice it and it's it's quite it's mm-hmm. quite big and imposing and you you really feel like it's adding to the atmosphere and then yeah. sometimes you mentioned it's it's more of an accompaniment and yeah. you kind of don't want people to notice underscoring um, yeah. is that is that something that is apparent in rocks and absolutely if so when an audience member would go to watch that film is there anything that you'd want them to like look out for or notice about your score um no in rocks it's very much underscoring i don't i don't want necessarily people to notice the score at all mm. i mean rocks is an interesting case even more than only you where um you have songs and you have the score um the songs in rocks are really work brilliantly in terms of telling us when we are where we are what generation we're talking about they are always used in the group scenes every time all the girls are together it's it's always scored by a song never by my music because yeah it's just it just works much better at carrying that energy and that youthfulness. Because it's their shared language as well, right? Exactly. Where at that age you share music to be exactly. like, this is what I like, do you like this too? Absolutely. And 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 it's just like, it just works. It just gives so much a feeling of now mm. to, to the film. And then the, the, the score, we, again, it's another one where we were trying at all cost to force feed an emotion into people, into the audience. And... Um, to try to stay very subtle, not being distracting in any way, shape or form. But at the same time, so the, the main character, Shola, is, she's very good at seeming really strong. Mm. She has to, because it's to protect herself, to protect her mother, to protect her, her younger brother. But at the same time, it felt like the music, the original score, could just add that little dimension to remind us that she is still young child who is confronted to very difficult things and even though she's trying to be and to appear very strong it is affecting her and then the music could could just add that to the film to just really emphasize not you know not in a not in a hardcore way but just like add a little slither of her inner life to to the film which which was you know, interesting because I I started it by really am- empathizing with her as much as possible, trying to imagine how I would feel in a position like that, and then transcribing that into music. I had faith in uh, Rock's ability to come through, so that I think that's always present in the score. And what's the experience like for you watching a film that you've scored on the big screen? Is that oh. really horrible or like amazing? It is extremely stressful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't I don't necessarily love it, no. On in the cinema, which is which is funny because the first time I hear I get sent an edit, I like a link to watch the film and they've started putting my music into the edit and slowly replacing the temp track. We're like, oh that that's a great feeling because yeah. it means that it's working, it means that you've managed to get what the director had in their mind and, and that's a great feeling. But in the cinema I don't I don't I get really, really stressed. I don't like it. Because other people can now hear it? What because I'm there? still, I'm genuinely very much into a critical state of mind. So I'm picking, mm. uh, oh, this and that. I don't like this aspect. Oh, I'm not sure about this aspect. I, I'm still not able to like 
sit back and just enjoy the experience. I'm being very self-critical. So how do you know when a score is done? Because if you're, you know, if you're always striving for like perfection, presumably you could always keep tinkering with well, it. <laughs> I feel like it's it's never like on the on big thing. It's more like details or, or little elements of like fading out the cue at this point or it's more little technical things the it's I think you just know the emotion it generates is right like it just it just falls into place and you know you you you've got there and I love when the film is done and then you have the audience reaction that's a that's a, mm. So I do like to see my films on screen. Yeah, but it's like an artist. It's like actors yeah. say that all the time, and they don't like seeing themselves on screen. Yeah, it feels it feels a lot like that. To be fair, yeah. it just it feels like I feel quite exposed. I feel because I put I put even on films that you know even on on projects like on art projects where the subject has nothing to do with my personal experience, and I expect even if one day I did like a an action film or anything like that, I, I would still put a lot of me into the mm. work so I do feel very exposed um, even though the vast majority of time you're underscoring and people don't even notice the music is there I still feel very exposed so it's very uncomfortable women are seemingly kind of getting a lot of buzz about their work at the moment and yeah, um, Hilda just won the Golden Globe for her work on the Joker and she also composed Chernobyl and then Mika Levi kind mm. of rightly so is getting a lot of attention for her work um do you feel like that's uh is it is it a changing kind of you know since you've been in the industry is that a point of difference and do you feel like it's a male-dominated industry or I mean I don't know if you, there's a I would suggest you know, after the Golden Globes, they do this kind of panel uh, interviews right. where all the winners go in the room with lots of press. And mm-hmm. I, I would strongly suggest watching Ilda's interview because she says that she's been doing it for 20 years. So it's not, you know, coming out of the blue. And uh, and I would agree with that. Like there's um, There's been women doing amazing work for years and years and years. Like if you think even in the UK of like Rachel Portman or Jocelyn Pook, you have really great female composers but I think and it's also something Ilda approaches in her interview I think the issue um, is when it comes to money to large larger project projects and I think that's where the bias I think there's maybe less of a bias about believing trusting women to be creatively capable I don't think that's necessarily as much of an issue but I think one thing that's quite important to remember is a composer is a head of department and you're in charge of a global budget for the score. So you are in charge of deciding who is going to be working on the score from, you know, it's going to be the assistant, the orchestrator, which studio, which ensemble. And there are vast sums of money and they hire you not just to write the music, but to make sure that there's going to be a score that's going to be ready for the final mix and it's going to sound great in cinemas in 5.1 etc 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 and music is quite esoteric already like every time you hire a composer that it's it's very difficult I sense for producers and for financier to kind of know that they're making the right decision and so they tend to not take that many risks so even for a young man to get to that stage where they get trusted on large budget is really difficult. And then once someone is trusted for a large budget, they get hired over and over again. And that's why those top films tend to be scored by a very, very small panel Mm -hmm. of 
all of them male composers. And I think that's a bias that's just in general in society, because if you really look into historically, even like women being able to have a bank account and stuff like that is fairly recent. So, yeah, I think it's more of a matter of trust with regards to the money than with regard with uh, creative talent. I'm not sure how to like what's the best way to address that. I think we kind of need to look at how do male composers get that break and try to make sure that is also I don't know is it maybe encouraging the press to do more profile for young young composers female composers anything that will make it that will reassure the finances of the capacities of those emerging composers to handle large budget things is there a sort of like union or network of um, other composers both men and women that you feel like you can kind of go to when you have questions about yeah pay or any logistics really i mean in general i think the composers it's quite a nice community you can really ask questions about technical things about what studio to use about what equipment to buy like it's, it's very it's a very nice community and they, you do have uh well you, we used to have one that was specifically uk but i think they are now um joining forces with the alliance for women film composers which is primarily LA based, I think, and they are doing a lot in terms of um, raising visibility for women film composers by organizing, you know, showcases, orchestral showcases, to really and inviting all the studio heads to kind of yeah to kind of show them that uh, there are there are truly uh, women composers out there who are ready to move to the the next level of composition. And generally, those um, those networks are again really, really useful in terms of you of having any kind of question with regard to contracts or with regards to anything um, to do with the business. I think the specialized film press could be a real ally on this subject and try to do a bit more um, to highlight not just for composer but just for all the below the line creatives i mean if you look at the data it's not just composers who are underrepresented like editors and production designers and and um dops as well which is terrible but i think yeah the press could be could be doing could be really useful and helpful in terms of you know just showcasing those talents and and not necessarily showcasing them by saying they are women but yeah. just by being like they Asking are about their craft. great yeah. Yeah, yeah they are great at what they do and not not even necessarily having anything to do with being a female but just validating the the quality of the the work of those people mm. that could be really useful because i think that and awards are how finances um decide who is good I think they need external validation of somebody's talent. So, um, and something that just occurred to me—you mentioned a while back that you you work out of a studio, and is that something separate uh, to where you where you live? And how did you go about finding that space and affording that space? Because is you know that can't be cheap. Well, at the moment, I have a dedicated room in my house, mm-hmm. which eventually I'll have to find separate space. But at the moment, it's working better if I have like a writing room in my house and then hire a recording studio for when I need to record live instruments. Finding a, a studio space in London is becoming incredibly difficult. 
there is um, development in near London fields where there's a, a bunch of great composers, very established composers, some of them, and they, some of them have invested quite a lot of money in transforming those spaces into workable space. But that's they've just they found out a few months ago there's a planning application and the whole building is going to be distri- demolished and turned into flats. Mm. So, yeah. I've not tackled yet the issue of finding my own kind of recording studio, but I in this town it's it's very difficult. It's very difficult to find creative spaces that welcome musicians or that you can have a, a lease for long enough to justify spending thousands of pounds in soundproofing and mm. sound treating the space. So that is that is a that is a problem. So for now it's gonna be from home. Is that perhaps one of the biggest challenges of the job? Yeah, because you do have to spend quite a lot of years investing because as you can imagine, suddenly having an extra room in my house that's just for music uh, is an expense. Um, Then moving on to the stage where you have a workspace outside of the house is even more of an expense. So you do, but at the same time, you can't, you know, there's a stage. You can do a lot from your own bedroom, but there's a moment you can't really bring out established director to your bedroom to work on that but so you just have to you just have to invest for for a workspace and um it is it is tricky this the the first few years are you again you really have to love the job because otherwise i don't know Mm. like you just have to spend all your time and earnings into developing your career and what's your favorite part of the job i like spending time with the directors because it's crazy how you get really privileged time with People are generally pretty intelligent and pretty creative and you really get to like talk about the film in in depth and they, they just thought about everything and that's just really fascinating and, and you get to collaborate and you get to exchange and it can be really exciting. Like if you're working with a director and you already have a cue and they really like it, but then they help you like they give you just a little insight of the film that's just so like smart and it's just gonna spark something in you and you're going to respond to it and you're going to tweak the composition and they're going to love it and it's just this kind of back and forth yeah I mean this in Only You for like especially on Only You I've wrote some pieces of music that I love for it I would never have written them if it wasn't from having like from the film and and it's quite magical to yeah to be to be so deeply inspired by somebody else's work and then making it your own in a sense I find, mm. yeah it's, it's really it's quite special because it's you know inspiration in itself is just such a such a mysterious thing and then suddenly you can pinpoint that no the inspiration comes from exactly this and and it's allowed me to create mm. something that I really love it's very yeah almost like it's giving you reason or the, the tool to access something that you have inside yourself but you kind of yeah. don't have an outlet for it just makes it just makes a part of you resonate that didn't resonate before and it's you know you have to be so grateful for being given this form of inspiration it's just magical and if there was a myth that you wanted to bust around working in the film industry in general or being a composer specifically um what would that be it's not just about those moments of inspiration there's a lot of it where it's tweaking tiny little details and very uncreative elements of the the job so yeah it's not it's not I and mean, i don't know if anyone ever thought of Film composers are rock stars. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's not glamorous. Actually, the myth I'd like to burst is not orientated at other film people. It would be at other musicians. 
don't go into film music if you think it's going to be easier to be a film composer than to be a pop star. It's not. <laughs> it really isn't. Yeah. It's just as competitive and hard work than trying to write a hit. And is there a film that you've seen recently or, or just that you kind of love that has a score uh, by a woman composer that you kind of want to recommend and shout out to people? Oh, well, if I'm, I mean, they're all quite famous ones. I, I mean, Ilda's work on Chernobyl was great because it's both musically satisfying, but also when you start looking into the process, it's mm. so interesting. She's managed to do something that's so intellectual and emotional at the same time. It's, it's, it's really cool. And Didn't she use nuclear reactors? Yeah, she went into like a like, power plant and yeah. and did a lot of field recording and using samples in the work. And it's just like so interesting. It's so satisfying on so many levels. Mm. Another one that you know everyone knows it's great. It's um, Isabel Waller Bridges score for the season two of Fleabag. The mm. way she uses voices, it's so good. It's clever as well and. Um, I think I remember reading that she kind of age of the singers kind of evolve with the, with the program, which is so smart. So no, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of really good composers working at the moment. And also, let's talk about kind of what skills are required as a composer, and whether you feel like there's anything that you particularly benefit from having. So they're not very glamorous. Mm. You do have to be comfortable with technology. You're going to have many years where you're going to not only be composing, but producing, recording, everything. So you, you know, you do have to be your own editor, your own, like, you have to do everything yourself. And yeah, you just have to spend time with softwares. You just have to spend time understanding all those elements. And then even less glamorous you have to be very, very organised. You have to be very good with spreadsheets because there's a lot of cues, there's a lot of revisions, there's a lot of versions, there's a lot of edits. And yeah, you are expected at the end of the day to provide something that can be mixed with the rest of the film. And you have to be organised because otherwise it's not the writing music that will sabotage you is to not being able to stay on top of what Mm. still needs to be done what has been done which version has been approved you know sometimes you're going to be reverting back to a queue five versions before Mm. and if you can't keep track of that when you have like 40 cues to write you're doomed so yeah just be organized even if it doesn't always come naturally to musicians just organize yourself a lot and were you in at the deep end with that or kind of is that something that your degree perhaps touched upon? It's something that I progressively realised I needed to get better at. And now I really like I'm starting on a new project and yeah, I've spent, you know, the first few days after the Christmas break just figuring out how I was gonna organise my uh my digital audio station and like really kind of strategize how to make sure everything would stay very clean mm-hmm. and very clear over the next few months. So it's something that, I think it's something that's easily to, to tell you about it. It's one of those things like you being told you should probably tackle it. But yeah, it's the more you do it, the more you realise how essential it is to, to your own sanity. Do you have any advice for budding composers? I mean, you kind of touched upon some elements um, and it, it being obviously hard work, but how how would you say people could best prepare for a career in from composition? I think be patient. Uh, it takes a while. Um, that's really funny. It sounds like we're in a David Lynch film. Um, <laughs> try to figure out 
how the music can help the film rather than how the film can help the music. Like you really need, if you really want to just be able to write whatever you feel like, maybe this is not the right path for you. But otherwise, yeah, just try to really start what when you watch film. You know, when you really, really like just starting, be a student of film music. Not necessarily of thinking like, how can I write exactly like such and such, mm. but really thinking about what's the function of the score and why is the score working, um, and have an understanding of that um, from the get go. Because I think this is how you're going to be a decent film composer is by always trying to serve the film rather than serving yourself. Then, then do albums on the side like <laughs> I do, and you'll be able to just do whatever you want. But for the film aspect, yeah, try to understand how you can be of service. Is it helpful to have that sort of creative outlet where you can kind of put your perhaps weirdest, most experimental version of yourself and then to then channel something a bit more maybe stricter in the kind of the film work? For me it was, yes, but for me it, it was also very essential to finding my confidence in in my own voice. Because there's no guilt in doing it when it's your own work you, you're not you're not being egotistic you're just you know you're not taking away from the the project you just so yeah for me it was very formative in which i guess is just like it's maybe the equivalent of a director doing a few short films it's just like a, a way where you can you can figure out what really works for you musically if you could do whatever you wanted, mm. what you, would you do? And um, yeah, I think it's very useful to to find your own voice. Emily, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. No <laughs> thank you for downloading this episode of Best Girl Grip. If you liked what you heard, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. And in the meantime, I hope you have a very musical and hopefully well-composed week. <laughs>